Yeah, NBA Straya. How you going? It is NBA Straya. It's Wednesday. Um, day. April 13. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. So whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios. Bloody lovely day here in uh, Melbourne. In the T-shirt and jeans. Just chilling, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA. Playing games. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh... We're here repping story a bit as well. That's what we do. And we don't take things too seriously around here, but we do take entertainment seriously because it's just a fun game, isn't it, the old basketball? Yeah. Anyway, the postseason has begun. That's right. First two playing games today, and they're all crackers. Both were super fun. You had Kyrie going off, big Cavs comeback, a Ben Simmons update, and then Wolves versus Clippers. That was unreal. Glue lady. Ant-Man cramming on everybody. Paul George going off. Anyway, we got all that covered in the NBA straight Game wraps with, uh, that's not a knife. I'll make no mate spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got Yeah Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back take house. Where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian Play Watch. Quick one today because there's only Patty. And uh, what are we going to do? We're going to do a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. Love it. And then we'll preview the two playing games of tomorrow. You little ripper. How good is that? So we'll do that. That'll be good. Enjoy that. And that'll be it for today, because uh, I've got to get out of here. Got to go down the beach. Right. So let's get into it. Episode 794 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. I mean, especially with the coaches. Uh, man, the inside the NBA crew sort of really uh, took them to task in that second game. Uh, also, Chuck going up to Shaq. Well, Shaq, that was great analysis. Well, you're just wrong. <laughs> God, I love Charles Barkley. Right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily. Whip around. There you go. Some news before we get into the game wraps. Uh, Steph. Could be uh, back at full practice uh, this week. Coming back from his sprained ligament and bone bruise in his left foot. Uh, Steve Kerr was basically out there telling everybody that he's day-to-day, but he won't suit up for the uh, Warriors in the postseason until he is scrimmaged. And uh, they're next expected to do so on Thursday, so Friday our time. Uh, he's been doing individual work on the court. So, look, that's great news if you're a Warriors fan. Horrible news if you're a Nuggets fan. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Because up until this point, you, as a Nuggets fan, you're like, we've got Joker, we've got the best player in this series, this is going to be sick, even though our bench and the rest of our guys aren't that great. And then you see, like, Steph coming in, you're like, ah, oh, shit, we're going to get swept. <laughs> Other injury updates this time on Ben Simmons. That's right. Box Hill Benny. Loving this one. Uh, there was Bally Sports. They're the guys who uh, do a bunch of the regional broadcasts. Uh, ben Simmons, I'm told, is very confident he'll be able to return in the first round of the playoffs. Love it. Shams is out there saying if the Nets win tonight, they play Boston this weekend. I think games one and two is too quick. But after that, I'd look for Ben Simmons to be back. Hello. So the Bally Sports Report was actually about how uh, 
The Nets players have been challenging Ben Simmons in practice, and Simmons' confidence is at an all-time high. Let's go, Benny! I mean, yeah, your confidence has got to be an all-time high to wear what he was wearing today, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, you didn't win the Masters, Ben. I'm just saying, mate. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, walking around like, look, this is it. You get Patty Mills on your team. You get another Aussie in there. They're going to feel like fucking King Dick. Of course they are, because Patty is a fucking legend who will gas anybody up, and rightly so. And Ben Simmons is like, all I needed was that Patty Mills in my fucking life. I've been an idiot. Why didn't I play in fucking Tokyo? Anyway. But maybe if you had played in Tokyo, you would have uh, just gone back to the Sixers and we never would have had this Nets, uh, you know, team up. Anyway. But that's good news if you're a uh, Simmons fan, a Nets fan. Just to get him out there on the court would be pretty handy. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Monty Williams was uh, named the Basketball Coaches Association Coach of the Year, second straight year. That's uh, the 30 head coaches voting, uh, who do you reckon did the best job this year? Everyone's like, well, Monty, because he fucking told us. And uh, the Lakers, the Lakers. The Lakers stink! And uh, my favorite thing so far this offseason, well, this postseason, uh, it's the offseason for the Lakers, postseason for everybody else. <laughs> Mark Jackson! Is currently the favorite to land the Lakers coaching gig. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> Hand down, man down. Coach, that's not a that's nothing to do with strategy. Mama said, go, there goes that man. Mark, what play are we running? Hand down, man. Oh God. That would be the greatest thing ever. So apparently, according to sources, Sam Amick was reporting that LeBron James would be very enthused by the prospect of Mark Jackson landing the Lakers coaching job. Apparently confirming that LeBron James has never listened to Mark Jackson talk or watched him coach. Yeesh! Anyway, so he's the 2-1 to favourite. Uh, Nick Nurse is at 3.5-1, to one, which is fascinating, uh, considering that, you know, the Raptors are playing in the postseason and he won a title. Uh Fisdale and Docker at 7-1. Mike Brown, 7.5-1, which would be hilarious. Joanne Howard, Quinn Snyder, Sam Cassell, 10-1. Uh, there's a great little snippet there that Quinn Snyder, look, he's under contract, obviously, with the Yaz for at least one more year. And uh, apparently, according to sources, he's become less than enthused in the Lakers' job because of how the Vogel firing was happened or handled. So you're trying to tell me that firing a bloke on fucking Twitter is a bad look? No. Anyway, just saying, Coach K, he's right there. He's got nothing to do in Duke anymore. Speaking of the Lakers, Rusty. Lots to talk about him. He'll pop up again in a second. Uh, Everybody's basically throwing as many trades as they possibly can out there uh, without really taking on board the simple idea that no one wants Rusty or else they could have had him. (laughs) Like, Oh, how about Indy? They could trade Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that would also mean that the Pacers would like Russell Westbrook on their team, which I don't think that they've got Tyrese Halliburton. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, other news. Oh, Pat Bev. Uh, he got fined 25 grand for improper conduct towards an official. Pretty fun. Pretty cool. Uh, getting in the face, calling him trash. Enjoyed that. That's 25K well spent. And then Pat Bev got absolutely fucking roasted by the refs in today's game right off the gate. It's fucking hilarious. You're going to show us up, are you, Patrick? 
Scott Foster's out there being a dick. Anyway, uh, last little bits of news. Players of the month were Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo for March and April. The coaches of the month were Jason Kidd out there in Dallas and Ina Udoka for the Celtics. And finally, that's right, Josh Giddey's reign of terror as your Western Rookie of the Month finally came to an end. Only because he didn't play. As Jalen Green finally got a nod. And uh, Scotty B, Scoob, up there for the Raptors. Got it for the East. Right, let's get into the game wraps from today, shall we? Oh, you little beauty, the play-ins! Game wraps, 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 game wraps. That's right, the game wraps. Here we go, Brooklyn, they beat Cleveland. Oh, jeez. Cleveland! 115-108. Credible first quarter from the Nets, 40-20. to uh, Looked like they may run away with it. Patty's hitting threes. Benny Simmons is getting involved. It was all hype AF. It was looking great. And then the Nets thought they'd won it. And they decided to score four points for basically the first half of the second quarter. It's like, oh, we've done enough, haven't we? We've just smashed them. Uh, but really, the real reason was that Kevin Durant was sitting. And uh, the Nets are like, oh, man, without him, this is a bit harder. <laughs> but Kyrie took up the slack and uh, they stayed up. Uh, he hit a buzzer beater right at the end of the first half. meant it was a 14-point game. Which was pretty flattering to Brooklyn because of that pretty rough second quarter. But the Cavs could really never capitalize. Like, Kyrie was incredible in the first half anyway. It was 9 of 9, 2 of 2 from 3. He had 20 points in the first half. It was amazing. Uh, but this was it. Like, the Cavs just sort of stuck around like a bad smell. It just sort of stayed within punching distance. Uh, it's just because that Cavs defense with Mobley out there and uh, a little bit of the size of, like, Lowry and Co. really sort of discombobulated the Nets a little bit and, uh, you know, just annoyed them. Really, and the inevitable sort of Cavs run and sloppy Nets defense again. Uh, that all eventually happened, but the Nets also sort of just turned around and did the, uh, oh, that's cool, we've got a Hulk, and the Hulk is actually just Kevin Durant. When they needed some big buckets down the stretch, boom, jumper, boom, jumper. Game set, match over. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland was incredible. Um, and basically, look, the Cavs really made the rest of the Nets work to get any buckets and... Uh, like, KD and Kyrie are incredible. But the rest of the Nets did just enough. But the Cavs made them work for it. And you knew it was going to happen. Uh, Brooklyn probably could have run away with this a little bit more. But, you know, look, they got there in the end. No worries. Uh, the Cavs, meanwhile, like, Garland was in- absolutely special. Like, Garland is an absolute just stud. Mobley's incredible. Like, he had a good to great, not great game. Just sort of did a little bit of everything. The spin move that he put on late was just mwah, kissing fingers emoji. Karras, my sweet baby carrots, uh, Lowry, they weren't efficient enough to win this game and they missed some absolute backbreakers. Uh, Rondo, he was out there jacking shots. Shots, not ideal. Playoff Rondo. Doesn't apparently uh, include play-in Rondo. So Garland goes for 34, shot 13 on 24 shots. Unbelievable. Three or six from downtown, five assists, six turnovers. Mobley ends up at 19 and 7. With two blocks, he shot 9 of 13. He's unreal. 13 for Lowry, though. That's a girl's name, Mark. And then 5 of 14 shooting. Only hit 1 of 4 on threes. Carrots, my sweet baby Carrots. 12, 7, and 7. You're like, oh, that's not bad. He did shoot 4 of 12, however, for those 12 points. Now, I'm no math magician. <laughs> but you're shooting. The amount of field goal attempts for the amount of points you end up. That's not great. K-Love had 14 and 13 off the bench. But that was just... There was just nothing from Chetty the Jetty Osman. Lamar, look, they lost him. And uh, it was just a bit of a rough one for the Cavs. Cleveland just couldn't stick with them. Cleveland! 
And he knew that was probably going to be the case without uh, go the throw Jared Allen. And I mean, missing Sexton, missing Rubio, it's always going to be a uphill climb for the Cavs. But without their full complement of bigs, always tougher. Uh, the Nets, they shot 53.6% from the floor. Only 9 of 29 on threes, but uh, that was a lot of, you know, amazing shot making by Kyrie and KD. Kyrie goes for 34 and 12. It's 12 assists. He had 34 and 12. 12 of 15 shooting. He was 12 of 12. He missed his last three threes. It was amazing. KD, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists. Love it. Three blocks, two steals. He was great. 9 of 16 shooting. Like KD, you sort of turned around and went, he's only shot 16 times. What is going on? This is chaos. <laughs> uh, everyone was like, wow, he's blocked a lot of shots. Meanwhile, Nick Claxton's had five blocks. He had 13 points, nine rebounds, and five blocks. Absolute dominating performance from the young big man. Enjoyed that. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Brown, shot 8 at 19 for 18 and 8. That's 18 and 8 assists. 18 points, 8 assists. He also had 9 rebounds. Bruce Brown nearly had a triple-double in this play. Uh, he had 16 and 8 for Andre Drummond as well. Uh, Patty Thrills threw in 6 points, hit a couple of big threes. Uh, and without Seth Curry hitting anything, and Kessler Edwards also going, they combined and go 0 of 9. Uh, this is a good ex- escape for the uh, Nets because they really do need their other dudes just to pop off a little bit. And luckily, Bruce Brown and Patty and Nicky Claxton did. So... With all that, the Cavs now play the winner of Charlotte and Atlanta for the right to go and play Miami. And the Nets, they secure the seventh seed. They're going to play Boston. Same as last year, the 2-7. Just flip it around and reverse it. Oh, yeah. Love that. Nets, Celtics. We'll talk about that later. And then the other game today, the Clippers fell short against Minnesota Timberwolves, 109-104. And, man, that Minnesota crowd. Pat Bev. D-Lo! Unbelievable game. Ant-Man was fired to begin with. The refs came in and just fucking sucked the life out of this game, though. Ugh. Uh, Mini were down nine, and then there was Glue Girl. That's right, Glue Woman. A lady ran out of the court and tried to glue herself to it. Uh, sure. And then, boom. 15-6 to six run by the Wolves to close the half. They're up two at halftime. Amazing. Ant-Man took over the first bit of the second quarter, and then D-Lo. Brought them home. Minnesota absolutely flying. And then the third quarter, play in P. Old pandemic P, playoff P, reared his head. He'd started off 2 of 10 at play in P. And then because Paul George is fucking legit, he drops 17 points in the third quarter. The Clippers go small and it works. He goes 3 of 5 on triples, the 17 points, and got the Clippers up 6 going into the fourth quarter. Minnesota fell apart. And it kind of looked like the Clips had this salted away, like... The first few minutes of the fourth quarter, they're up 10 with eight minutes to go. And then, pow! Cat has one really dumb foul, and uh, then he fouls out. Unbelievable. They rip off a 14-2 run after Cat fails out. It ends up being a 16-2 run. The Wolves are up four with four minutes to go. That happened in, like, no fucking time. The Clippers just fell apart, and... The Wolves held on pretty handily down the stretch. The only reason the Clippers stayed even vaguely close was because Paul George just kind of kept going, all right, fuck it, and shot like a bunch of threes right down the stretch because the Clippers' offense, I mean, fucking Reggie Miller was like, ah, man, it's like he's the Bill Belichick of like NBA. It's like, shut up, Reggie. Fucking hell. Uh, Great moment by Reggie Miller as well. Uh in 30 years, Kev, of being around the game of basketball, I've never seen anything like this. Reggie was drafted in 
old does he think he is? It's 2022, Reggie. You're fucked. <laughs> How's that possible? Anyway, uh, the Clippers' offense was literally Ty Lue throwing his hands in the air going, fuck it, I don't know, Batum? Maybe you will give a shot to Zoobs. Nah, nah, fuck, Paul, can you save us? And he tried, and they just fell short because the Wolves down the stretch, the defense just sort of clicked in. Pat Bev was everywhere all of a sudden. And uh, Ant-Man and D'Lo hit some massive shots down the stretch. They get the win. Clippers went 16-35 from three, but they had 17 turnovers, and they got out-rebounded. Uh, pretty handily, like with 49-39, like a 10-rebound advantage is pretty crazy, especially with Cat only having five, right? So Paul George ends up with 34-7-5. He played a great game, 10-24 from the floor. I mean, he started 10 at 2 of 10, so you'll pay that. 6-12 on threes. Reggie Jackson had 17-7-5. Oh, Jimmy's not bad, but he shot 7 of 18. Gross. Mook Morris, 12 points and 5-11 shots. Oh, God. Zero rebounds for Mook. Uh, how's that veteran fucking presence? That veteran effort? Unbelievable. Norm! Pal, he had 16. He was very handy. But the big thing for me was like Bob Covington, Lord Robert Covington and Nicky Batum. Oh, Frenchie Batum. <laughs> I steal your money, Charlotte. Your veteran wings. Like, there's a reason that Bob Covington and Nick Batum have both ended up on the Clippers, having been around the league a bunch. Uh, and ended up with a franchise that's like, oh, well, we can't really pay you too much, but do you want to play for us? Covington ends up there from Portland. He's still got his big contract, but Batum, geez, they just showed up real small in this one. Two of six for Covington. Uh, Batum, seven of four. He shot two of six. It was just they needed something, something, something from those two. They combined to go three of eight from downtown. Not too bad, but just the impact was so limited. Meanwhile, the Wolves, 40% from three. They were great. 14 of 35 from downtown. Only 11 turnovers compared to the 17 for the Clips. D'Lo at 29 points, six assists. He shot 10 of 18. Three steals. Three of five from three. He was great. Ant-Man, 30 points, five rebounds. Just took over long stretches of this game. Uh, His steal and then drive. uh, Just time after time. You just don't want to put a body in front of him. And there was a great moment in that fourth quarter where the C just parted for the Clippers' D, and they just went, oh, shit, and he dunked it. It was unbelievable. Uh, Pat Bev, 7 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block. Cat with 11 points, 5 boards after he, you know, before he fall, fouled out. Malik Beasley with 12 points, 3-7 from downtown. Naz Reed was really big late. As soon as Cat goes out, he did some good stuff. 8-4. Eight eight Vanderbilt, 10 rebounds as well. That is a big win for the Timberwolves, though. It's only the second time in the last 18 years they've actually gotten into the playoffs, which is chaos. It's their highest seed since 2003-2004. I love this. Either way, the Clippers now take on the winner of Pelican Spurs for the right to get absolutely blasted by Phoenix. And the Wolves go into a 2-7 matchup against the Grizzlies that will be fucking electric. And I am stoked. All right, let's do an NBA Australia pre-performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a nice That's a I mean, if you listen to Reggie Miller, you'd think that Ant-Man was the second coming of Michael Jordan. But look, Ant-Man's game was fucking awesome because he really just did flex at times this game. 30 points, 10 to 21 shooting, 5 11 on his triples. He was awesome. But so was D'Lo. And this was the craziest thing about the Wolves. Like, we've talked all year about the Wolves and how you can't trust them. And uh, if the big three fires, like, you just know that the rest of the team won't. This was such a weird mix of like Ant-Man and D'Lo just going, okay, sweet. No, that's all right. I've got this one. Oh, no, good. 
and it didn't feel like it was my turn, your turn kind of vibes. And they had to, because Cat was absolutely fucking horrible. And I feel like it's a lot to do with Pat Bev. Like, they didn't understate it at the end. He's jumping on the fucking scorer's table. He's right up in the uh, owner of the LA Clippers, Steve Ballmer's face after a big steal late and a big bucket. He's crying. It's like, Pat, you just made the fucking playoffs as a seven seed. Chill out, bro. But at the same time, this was massive. And it was really, really like he just provided like a spark and a bunch of hat to that Wolves team that, yeah, the Clippers actually definitely missed. So, tough scene. Uh, so, Ant-Man and D'Lo, definitely NBA Australia performances of the night. But it's got to go to Kyrie, doesn't it? He didn't miss a shot until the fourth fucking quarter. <laughs> it was amazing. He had 34 points, 12 assists, shot 12 of 15 from the floor and 3-6 on threes. He and KD became the first Nets teammates to have 20-plus points and 10-plus assists in the same game since 1993. That is absolute chaos. The best part was, like, he's just hitting shots, just doing crazy shit, and you're like, yep, that's just what Kyrie does. Like, he doesn't really fuck around either, which you got to sometimes appreciate. Like, he fucks around because he's like, dribble, dribble, hey, look at this, look at this, I can do something fucking sick. And that's just because he loves doing sick shit. He's not doing, like, the hard and, oh, somebody shot me kind of vibe, you know? So, Kyrie, that was a great one. He played his ass off. That was a big win. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 of the night. Spud of the night. Ah, we had a bunch of spuds in the first game. Chetty the Jedi Eisman, absolutely brutal game. Four rebounds is all he got in 21 minutes. He shot 0 of 4 from the floor, 0 of 2 from downtown. He had two free throws, and that was it. Isaac Okoro was similarly rough. He had, uh, what, 0 of 3, all from downtown in his 13 minutes. Zero points, one rebound, one assist. And on the other side of the floor, Seth Curry could not buy a bucket. 0 of 4, all from downtown for Seth. The shit one. He was a plus five, though. That defense is uh, sneakily okay. Kessler Edwards, meanwhile, in eight minutes for the rookie. Oh, of five goes Kessler Edwards, all four of which were from downtown. Ends up with zero points, so he plays an eight-minute... Tri- that's an eight trillion. He goes the old eight trillion. Unbelievable. Uh, but because he took five shots, I think it's eight trillion, fifty million, and four hundred thousand, I think. Because he goes eight minutes, oh, of five, oh, of four. Yeah, checks out. But fucking hell, pretty brutal. And uh, going into the second game, I mean, as mentioned, Mook Morris, 5 of 11, zero rebounds. Zero rebounds for your starting power forward. Unbelievable. Zoob's had 7 of 9, but still. Uh, the actual spuds, I mean, Covington and Batum combining to go 4 of 12. Not ideal. But, I mean, you know, they lost, whatever. On the winning team, Carl Anthony Towns fouling out halfway through the fourth quarter. Is absolutely sterling. He had 11 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 4 turnovers, and 6 fouls. Seriously, he had 3 buckets. He had more turnovers than buckets. Five. He had as many buckets as he has fucking names. The best part, how did he get there? He shot! Chill! Yeah, he shot 311. All right, who was old mate? No mates. 
I think it's unfortunate, to be honest, because I've never had an issue with any of my coaches before. <laughs> I'm not sure what his issue was with me, or I'm not sure why, but I can't really give you an answer to why we never really connected. I don't know, because you're a boneheaded dickhead, Russell? Jesus. So Dan Wokey mentioned that uh, LeBron and AD said a bunch of times during the season, hey man, just let Russ be Russ, and Rusty was like, nah, 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 but that wasn't true, was it? Let's be honest. Everyone's like, Russell, what, what are you talking about? Like, seriously, mate. You're the one clanking the fucking dunks. You're the one missing the fucking shots. You're the one airballing everything. It's not fucking Frank Vogel's fault. It's not fucking LeBron and AD's fault, you shit. Jesus. Uh, definitely vibes of old mate, no mates. And uh, you get the feeling, yeah, yeah he's probably not going to be back in Lakerland next year. Uh, glue girl, pretty funny. Uh, weird, just like uh, definitely old mate, no mates. She's like, you see, she's seriously like gluing herself to the floor, uh, apparently it was seemingly a protest. Uh, I think she was wearing a T-shirt saying Glenn Taylor roasts animals alive because uh, it was reported that Glenn Taylor's factory farm brutally killed 5 million, 5 million uh, birds via a ventilation shutdown. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, so yes, the gluing yourself to the floor, that worked uh, great. Definitely old mate, no mates. And uh, Goran Dragic punching Darius Rakajudi Garland in the nuts. Everyone hates Goran, and this is why. Pantsing of the night, however. Very fat, 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 very, very fat, fat. I mean, Darius Garland's nuts. Uh, ben Simmons getting dunked on for his green leather combo is pretty great. Um, but pantsing of the night, I mean, I pretty much enjoyed, like, Reggie Miller... He's like sort of talking about, you know, riding Baconator on the floor. It's like it's a PETA protest or an animal rights protest. And uh, Reggie Miller out there just dacking himself. God, hey, Kev, she's probably right. Baconator on the floor. It's like, shut up, Reggie. I've been around the game more than 30 years. Yes, because you're like 60. (laughs) Shut up, Reggie. Fuck. God damn it. I hate him. Anyway, just a bit of a self-pantsing. Uh, and finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. It's got to be Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. Uh, Darius Garland was an absolute fucking weapon today. And this is the thing that sort of breaks my heart about this Cavs team because he's been so good all year. That combo of he, Mobley, and Jarrett go the throw Allen. Uh, I would love to see them make it further. I'd like to see them have a crack. I don't know if they're going to beat the winner of Atlanta or uh, Charlotte, but God damn, he was good today. 34 points, 13 to 24 shooting, 3 or 6 from 3, 5 or 6 in the free throw line, 1 rebound, 5 assists, a couple of steals, and Darius Rucker, Judy Garland was today better than Lonzo Ball. Because, well, you know, Lonzo hasn't played in, I think, Lonzo probably won't, but geez, Darius Garland's fucking good, isn't he? Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. 
or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yanaz. They're brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Demo. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get your merch, get your merch from the NBA Australia shop. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Go get around it. Get some t-shirts. Get some hoodies. Whatever you need. It's right there. Click on the links to the socials. Off you go. NBAAustralia.com slash shop as well. Right, Yanaz, number one. Do the Nets have any shot at beating the Celtics? Yeah, nah. Nah, I really don't think they do. Uh, like, you'll always have... See, so you're saying there's a chance. Uh, a chance with KD and Kyrie, but... I mean, as KD proved last year against the Bucks, right? You're always going to be in the series as long as you've got Kevin Durant. But the Celtics' defense is too good. And the Nets' D, while it's been okay, basically, for the last month, it's also still wildly fucking porous. And without a fully armed and operational and you know, integrated into this team, Ben Simmons, it's too big of an ask. Like, if you had Simmons out there with Seth Curry, Kyrie, KD, put Ben Simmons in the Bruce Brown role away, you fucking go, right? You'd feel much better. But uh, I just feel like the Celtics are about to hurt them in so many different ways. There's so many different shooters, way more different looks on offense than the Cavs were able to throw at them today. A fucking defense that'll just give you the clamps that... Just weirdly always leads to a lot of just strange offense. And uh, even without Time Lord, Bruce Brown was out there talking about, oh, well, they don't have Time Lord, so I'll be able to attack the paint. It's like, oh, Bruce hasn't read the scouting report. Time Lord's not really all about that paint life. Jesus. He's like, no, we'll be able to attack average Al Horford and Daddy Tice. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Now that's some bulletin board material. Good job, Bruce. Uh, but either way, I just don't know if this Brooklyn team, without a season long worth of connectivity and defensive nous with Ben Simmons in the team can beat this Boston team that's looked like one of the three best teams in the NBA since 2022 started. So I just don't quite see it. Can the Cavs, that's right, the the Cavaliers of Cleveland get by whoever wins out of Charlotte, Atlanta? Yeah, nah. Charlotte, yeah. Atlanta, nah. I mean, against Charlotte, their D might be able to slow them down a little bit. Mobley could just absolutely ruinate Charlotte. And if Charlotte's uh, offense between Lamelo, Terry Rose, and uh, Kelly Oubre, etc., just sort of doesn't quite hit the heights that it usually, well, that it can. And if that Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland D can step up, then maybe, maybe they'd have a chance. Uh, but Atlanta, I just don't see that at all. Because like the Atlanta... The Hawks have been like the opposite of the Cavs since the All-Star break. Healthier and improving game on game. Whereas the Cavs sort of... The amount of injuries just piled up, piled up, piled up. You know, an absolute limp to the finish. So between Trey, Bogdan, their wings, I just think the Hawks would probably handle the Cavs pretty handily. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to hope that Charlotte can be in Atlanta, I guess. But yeah, it just sort of feels like Cleveland, this was a great vibe season. And if you don't make the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. But, I mean, you still might make it as an 8 seed. I would, however, prefer to see Atlanta or Charlotte take on Miami. Just saying. But, sticking with this, could Grizzlies-Wolves 
be the best series of the first round. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. They've already played a couple of massive barn burners back in February and January. They split the season series. Last game, the Wolves won by five. The game before that, Grizzlies won by eight. Weirdly enough, the game before that, the Wolves won by 43. That was that weird right back in November. You're like, what is going on with this Grizzlies team? And then absolute fucking hammer and tongs from there on. They won by seven in overtime earlier in the season too. So uh, kind of love it, kind of excited. Give me Grizz Wolves for all the marbles. Those two fan bases are going to go absolutely batshit. I've been to a game, a playoff game in fact. I think I've mentioned this on the show plenty of times, right? Uh, game four, 2015 of uh, Grizzlies and Warriors, where the Warriors basically turned around a faltering playoff run and kicked their shit out of the Grizzlies. But that Grizzlies crowd is absolutely fucking insane. And you saw it today. So is that Wolves team. They're starved, I tell you. So that's going to be great. So it could easily be the best series, yeah. Uh, Scotty Baxter throws in, yeah, nah, was the D-Lo trade worth it, Jimmy? I mean, Wiggins is an (laughs) all-star. I think, I mean, yeah, now that they've made the playoffs already in the D-Lo, Cat, Ant-Man era, moving on from Wigo, giving up a first-rounder for D-Lo always felt wildly steep. But, I mean, the fact that Golden State have gotten such a little sort of output from Wiseman, I mean, we don't know that the Wolves would have taken Wiseman. In fact, they probably wouldn't have. But, anyway... I don't know, it's a bit of a tricky one. So D'Angelo Russell, he is just one of the most infuriating uh, players to watch. And if you watch him day in, day out, you sort of sit there going, oh, I just don't know. And here we go. Like you're just sort of stuck there going, oh, shit. So he sort of just rubs some people the wrong way, but... Sometimes he'll give you a game like today, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, that's fucking awesome. So in terms of, like, what they gave up, you can't... Oh, wait, no, it wasn't the Wiseman pick, was it? Because they had that same pick, because that was uh, Ant-Man. They had the pick in 2021, that's right. That was the Cumbucket pick, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, Uh, for Golden State. Anyway, so, yeah, look, giving up maybe Cumbucket and Wiggins. Look, the D-Lo trade was worth it. You're trying to build your own thing. Go with it. Good on him. Uh, and finally, <laughs> can the clip? Well, actually, no, there's two more. Can the Clippers get through the Pelicans or the Spurs? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they can. I just thought they shit the bed in pretty big epic fashion today. We've seen the Clippers do that on the odd occasion. We've also seen them come back from massive deficits. They're a crazy up and down team, which is weird for a fucking veteran outfit, but the Wolves just got them today. And last one, did Russell Westbrook, for all of his whinging, did he actually get a fair crack in LA? Yeah, nah. Yeah. This fucking hand-wringing from Rusty. What is he doing? Frank Vogel never connected with me. How much did you try, Russ? Oh, everybody in the media is so mean to me. Then don't be a dick. Even the fans hate me. Then stop shooting like shit and turning the ball over and they won't heckle you. Fucking hell, it's always somebody else's fucking fault with Rusty, isn't it? Jesus. Oh, I didn't get a fair crack. You saw they didn't even let Russ be Russ. It's like, yeah, because when you did try it, you fucking sucked at it, you idiot. What are you doing? Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. After one day, anybody who's anti-play-in tournament is just a fuckhead. 
Seriously, you're just looking for attention. Oh, no, nah, man, I don't even agree with the playing. Oh, you know, some someone could win 12 games like less than another team and still get into the playoffs. Like, yeah, well, if you win 12 games more than them, you prove that you're better than them by fucking beating them again. Jesus, this shit is cool as fucking hell. And today was like the, you know, the actual, you know, not actual elimination games. These guys get another crack. Tomorrow it's even more fun because you've got the actual elimination games, the win or go the fuck home games. This beats the shit out of just having the top eight. Just go, okay, now we start the playoffs. Like, so fucking what if a couple of weaker teams get to have a crack? That's why it's fun. They get a crack. Sport is fun, you fucking dorks. Jesus. <sighs> Make it more fun. Oh, I don't know. Fun's bad. Shut up, idiot. Our back take house. <laughs> it's Wednesday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh yeah, the squid and I are out the back with our cricket bats this morning. You know, he's just getting over his asthma. He's like, Dad, I think I know what I want on the Aussie ties a menu tonight. And I said, What's that, son? And he said, Bang! He smacked a kookaburra right out of the tree. And guess what? That's what's on your specials board today: kookaburra wings. Only at Outback. And today's flame grill take is the Brooklyn Nets are the most dangerous seven seed in the history of the NBA. And if they win game one in Boston, they're going to win the entire East. Only at Outback. To be honest, I think... Uh, so the fact that the, the Nets have actually now won like five on the trot which is pretty chaos because they've been so up and down all season. Kyrie and KD look really comfortable with each other. If they get Simo back and it doesn't fuck their shit up, who knows what could fucking happen. And if they take a game in Boston, like one of those first two games, my lord, watch out. Um, but at the same time, like all they need and all K- KD really needs is uh, like a bit of momentum with Kyrie, right? And they'll ride that over the top of anybody. The only problem is Boston's defense. <laughs> so they might, might throw a bit of a spanner in the works. All right, back with you in a second with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch, big easy one today. Patty Thrills is the only Aussie in the play in game. Today, we do have Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale. Possibly having a crack tomorrow. Hopefully he gets out there against the Pals. But anyway, Paddy Thrills against the Cavs. He played 17 very important minutes, I thought. Uh, gave them just that extra outlet shooter. And just his speed, his size, he's always just a pain in your ass. Uh, so he went 2 of 5 on his threes. They're the only shots he took. So ends up with 6 points, 5 rebounds, an assist and a block. Played his ass off. Loved it. And more importantly, with Australian Player Watch, Ben Simmons losing his shit when Patty hits a three. I am so fucking here for that. I've told you before, Patty Mills, he can he can change a lot of things. If he can cure a case of dickheaditis, the likes of which we've barely ever seen before in Ben Simmons, that might be his greatest moment ever. But maybe not as big as winning bronze for Australia, but still, <laughs> carrying the flag. Let's be serious for a second. Uh, but Paddy Thrills, love that. And Benny Simmons there, sitting courtside, cheering on his mates. Loved it. Right, should we do a great moment in NBA Australia State history? This is a really uh, quick, easy one today. So 
Might also just throw in a uh, Andrew Gaze extra bit over the top. What do you reckon? So let's go do that. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Well, we're just going to throw it back a year. Well, actually less than a year because of the weird fucky uh, shortened season last year, back to the middle of May, when Paddy Mills became the first Aussie to play in the NBA play-in tournament and played 30 minutes off the bench for the Spurs. And he had nine points. Sure, they lost against the Warriors, but he was a plus 18, Paddy. Plus 18 in 30 minutes. They lost by fucking four four or six. I can't remember. But shit. So in the other 18 minutes that Paddy didn't play, they got fucking obliterated. Anyway, uh, he shot three or seven, three or six on threes, one rebound, one, one steal for his nine points. Uh, weirdly similar to his role today. Which is fascinating, right? Because he's had a crazy fun year where he has also had like a bunch of different sort of roles throughout the season, right? He started more games this year than he ever had in his career, almost combined. He started 57 total regular season games in 10 years for the Spurs, and he's played more minutes than he ever had before, which coming off, you know, playing for the Boomers in Tokyo, etc. You knew that the All-Star break, the post-All-Star break swoon was coming, and hopefully he's back now. But goddamn. It's kind of cool that he's playing the same role again. And uh, Steve Nash is just like, yep, we'll just roll out there with Patty because he's a fucking weapon. Love it. And that is a great moment in NBA Australia State history. Hopefully he can keep rolling throughout the playoffs. 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 All right, let's do a uh, Patty Mills Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in, which is actually uh, yet another Rock'em Sock'em Block'em Jock'em Landale. Just IG post. Oh, my God. Navy the Golden. Just camouflage Nave. Just a the Golden... Retriever puppy. Just fucking so cute. What are you doing? Jock. The puppy's way too cute. But anyway, uh, I enjoyed Jock the other day because you might remember he went uh, 1 of 10 the other day. After that game, he posted, back shooting the piss out of it tomorrow. Keen fingers emoji. <laughs> that is fucking grandiose and I love it. Uh, absolute scenes. I'm enjoying... Uh, Jock's uh, IG game, so go check that out. It is inspiring as fuck. Right. Let's do the game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent bank. Not a problem, Jimmy. You're psyched for Easter? Yeah, you better believe it. Going down the beach tonight. Uh, so, yeah, have a nice big Easter break, but I'll be doing shows the entire time because of the horrible timing <laughs> of Easter coinciding with the fucking playing tournament and the start of the playoffs. So no time off over Easter for your old mate Jimmy. Might try to snag a day or two here and there, but we'll see how we go. Uh, we went 0 of 2. I remember last year, I think the play-ins, I did not do great. Yeah, 1 of 6 in the play-ins last year. And again this year, 0 of 2. I've started off. Jesus. A bit rough. Uh, but tomorrow we've got Charlotte at Atlanta. Atlanta shortened from four and a half point favorites down to five and a half point favorites. I'm still landing with Atlanta because I just think they've got more weapons. Uh, they've got more sort of stuff to back them up. Uh, Trey Young is the best player in the play-in game. I think they're just going to be better than Charlotte. And we've seen Charlotte like if a team also doesn't have a defense, it's like you know in the top 10, then they can get really, really, really cooking. But Atlanta's D has actually been pretty bloody good since the All-Star break. Charlotte, they're still just a bit of a mess. And, like, as soon as they lost Gordon Hayward, we knew 
that it was going to be a bit wonky, a bit weird. They always sort of need that extra ball handler out there around Lamella, around Rose. And without him, they just they just lack that sort of top-end ceiling. So I'm going to go Atlanta minus five and a half. I think their size on the wings with DeAndre. Hannah, Kevin, what up? And with their bigs, Okongwu with Capella. It's just going to be a little bit too much for uh, Charlotte. They've got too many weapons, Atlanta. So give me the Hawks minus five and a half. Especially, I mean, they're at home as well. So tough one. And uh, flip side, out in the west, I've changed my pick from the Spurs, which I think they were plus five and a half. It got to four and a half, and now it's back to five and a half. And I've switched mine to the Pelicans. The Pelicans, again, since the All-Star break, have just been fucking good. Between CJ McCollum, Spindles Ingram, they've just got a little bit more sort of cohesiveness now uh, than you expected. And especially, you know, since they got CJ, he's just he can easily just go off and drop whatever you need on the Spurs. The Spurs do have DeJunte. They do have Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle. They've got their wing weapons. I just think they're a little bit too young. And the Pals might just have enough here, especially with my neighbors Jonas in a big spot against Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle. I think the Pals can do this. So give me the Pelicans minus five and a half at home. Going the two favorites tomorrow. We'll see how we go. Love that. And uh, we'll just quickly have a look and see if there's uh, any series bets out already for the old... Not you, Siri. Turn off. Thank you. Siri, turn off. <laughs> oh, God. I've got to turn a voice control, don't I? Just got the tiny little HomePod speaker in the uh, studio. And off we go. <laughs> Anyway, all right, Nets, Celtics. Uh, the Celtics, yeah, a one and a half point favorites for that series, and uh, away we go. So it's kind of fun. And the other one, Wolves, Grizzlies. Grizzlies are one and a half point favorites as well. Yeah, that checks out. Well, one and a half game favorites. I'd say that's about right. Uh, I'd go Boston minus one and a half, and I'd go Grizz minus one and a half as well. But we'll do all that uh, after the planes are all set. Nice one. Holy shit, that's it for today. So tomorrow, Atlanta at uh, hosting Charlotte, Pelicans hosting Spurs, going the two home teams, minus five and a half. And we'll be back to wrap all that up for you. Should be good. Yeah, sorry this was a short, slightly shorter one today. It's not too bad, though. Uh, i just got to run. Just got to get everything fucking organized. Get the car. Get going. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be wrapping up those two games for you, talking all the other shit that we always do. Make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, face the IG. Check out NFL Australia. Check out World Wrestling Australia. Uh... Check that out on YouTube. NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on. I don't have any budget for marketing, so just rate and review us, would you? That's all you can do. Uh, check out the Knowable app. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Australia. you get 20% off as well. All right. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. And also big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis. Fascinating. Goldmines. Ramshackle Army. Iowa. Sex Jedi. Green, green, green. And dozers. For all the tunes you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music. And remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And that's it. Uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. No skit at the end of this one, so a bit of a tough one. Just run out of time. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And let us in now.
disgraceful. It's embarrassing. And I'm ticked off.